Five Year Mission, the podcast, episode 38. This episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast, is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five Year Mission. Let me take a drink directly into the microphone before we start. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that too. Yeah, both both chug. <clears throat> now we'll probably have to pee before we're done. Well, we also just went next door and had alcohol, so. Yeah. By now you figured out that this is the five year mission podcast. Welcome to Five Year Mission, the podcast, the only podcast hosted by a band called Five Year Mission. I'm Andy. Joining me tonight in person is Mike Rittenhouse. In person. In person. I can look into Andy's eyes. And, and, and see the see the absolute disappointment. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know it's there. The, the, the disappointment? At, at all times. But to see it live in front of me is... Uh, Normally, it looks like a twinkle in my eye, like I'm proud of something, <laughs> but it's really just always disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a spectacle that I I hope that in, any man or, or woman can... Or non-binary. Ex- ...experience. Yes. 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 So it's a spectacle that you can see through my spectacles. Yeah. You want to make a testicles joke now? I don't. Okay. Well, tonight on this episode, <laughs> we were kind of trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. And this was just last night. And I was like, give me a minute to try to think of an idea <laughs> because this is how prepared and this is the quality you can expect from Five Year Mission, the podcast. I was like, all right, how about this? How about I just bring in a list blindly and you can't you can't see it, but you have to give me your initial reactions to the subjects that I'm bringing up, <clears throat> subjects, characters, episodes, whatever it is from from the land of Star Trek. And I went through every single series of Star Trek and did at least one. So are, are, are you fully prepared to give your hot takes on some of these? I will do my best. <laughs> some of these I may not be that qualified for. I mean, I, I kept them... In your wheelhouse. Uh, I'm not sure how many times I've actually watched the animated series, so... I did not include the animated series. Oh, okay, well, that, that's good. Because, that's because good. I knew that neither one of us were very well-versed in the animated series. Yeah. And I, I mean, wa- we, 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 could, we could still discuss... You know, let's, let's just discuss that right now. No, I'm good. <laughs> so I'm going to go in order of uh, release order, <clears throat> not chronologically... Because otherwise I would have so done not, some skipping around. Not chronologically within the Star Trek universe, but chronologically within... The release a, of the series. Our universe. Yes. Yeah. The prime timeline, if you will, of regular ass Earth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to shout out just an, a topic we, from we, a series. We're jumping right in. Jumping right in. All right, we're going to start off with the topics from the original series. Like I said, I did two for some, one for some series, so I got two for the original series here. All right. First up, 
the alternative factor. It's complete trash. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you say it's complete trash? No, actually, uh, I stand behind the fact that I feel that every single episode of Star Trek, of every series, is redeemable in some way. Some way, shape, or form, yeah. Even if it's just a two-minute scene or an effects shot. Mm-hmm. Or something, you know, there's something in the episode that that's valuable. Yeah. Now, that being said, some episodes are, are you know, 90% trash. Right. It's like, it's like in, in our case, it's not really an episode you're going to go to to be like, I want to watch some Star Trek. Yeah. Unless, so basically, unless, like in our case, we're, we're writing a song about it, and then you have to watch the episode, because we got... <laughs> Some season three that we got to slog through here for for year five that we're working on. So I have been I keep putting off the empath. I do not oh, even want to watch it, man. Yeah. But yeah, the, with the the alternative factor that um yeah. So uh, I I would place it probably. I mean, it's probably in my bottom twenty as, oh, far, easily. as, as far as as you know the original series goes. And that's you know that's not saying that much. I mean, there's only eighty. Right. Exactly. So, so I mean, you know, if it's somewhere in that bottom twenty. Um, it's got some pretty cheesy negative effects. Where he's the, f- f- silhouette fighting himself. Yeah, where I mean, they overuse that. Oh yeah, a lot. I mean, it it would have been fine if they used it a couple times, but man, they they used it a lot in that episode. I mean, it was the '60s, and there were a lot of hippies. So they were probably like, yeah. probably like, there's probably someone home high watching this. Yeah, they're 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 playing towards the uh, the psychedelic generation, right? Yeah, which 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 I think that's where like the the idea for the whole Itic medallion came from. This right. looks like something somebody would wear shirtless with a vest, right? <laughs> a brown fringe suede vest. <clears throat> <laughs> But yeah, the alternative factor, I I definitely put that like probably in, even in my bottom ten because man, maybe yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's there's a lot in season three that I would yeah. that I would put in that bottom ten. Alternative factor is from season one, and it's I think it's probably the worst episode in season one. Yeah, see, that's the thing when like people are always like talking about like you know oh, what's a bad episode of. TOS and everyone's always arguing about it. Most people seem to land on like Spock's brain, which I think Spock's brain gets a bad rap. It, absolutely. Spock's brain suffers from a, a huge issue, which is like, um, it was a season premiere. Yeah. And it was also the, a weird premise, but they did th- it well. Third season, they came back from being canceled. They moved it to a new night mm-hmm. and it was just, it had a lot riding on it. And it was just like a silly, like goofy episode. Yeah. And season three just fell short. Just, you know, just it really suffered. So I mean, a lot of people just, I don't know. I I think Spock's brain is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's not the worst episode. Yeah, because like they, everyone, whatever, was like, well, what's the worst episode? Like online people, what's the worst episode of TOS? And everyone always seems to pick like Spock's brain or like. Right. I can't remember some of the other popular ones, but that all yeah. that Spock's brain always seems to be the go-to. And I was like, does there, no one remember the alternative factor? <laughs> There's other episodes that are, that like, Spock's brain is probably the worst, one of the worst memorable episodes right exactly there are other episodes that are just not even memorable they're just so bad like lights of zetar yeah like 
what is that episode even about? All I can think, I can't even, there, there's like some weird like effect in it. Yeah, the the only thing I can think about with Lights of Zetar is the idea that we've had the saw for the song for it forever. <laughs> Lights of Zetar. Yeah. Lots of sitar. That's the only thing I can think of uh, the, when I, when, I, when someone mentions that episode. All I can remember is that Scotty's in that episode. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember anything else because that that was the point where people were like, "You should use Scotty more after a write-in campaign." Um, yeah. But back to alternative factor. Um, <laughs> you know it, the the different goatees and mustaches. Oh is, man, the the beard work. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a, a weird thing. That I mean, that actor. He he was a good actor. Well, but, he, he he was also hired last minute too, because the the guy that was originally originally supposed to play uh, Lazarus was John Barrymore, and then and then he had canceled like last minute. He was like, oh, I don't want to be part of this, that, and then he was like blacklisted in Hollywood. Drew, Drew Barrymore's dad. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he was blacklisted in Hollywood for so long because of because of because of Star Trek. Oh wow. Yeah. Because he just because he shunned him. Mm-hmm. Because hmm. he just bailed. And they had to like recast like last minute. Well, I thought the guy did an okay job, but it was definitely like one of those overacted oh, thing, yeah. things where, you know, just like calm down, let <laughs> let Shatner be the overactor. <laughs> hey, buddy, calm down. Did <laughs> <laughs> um, dial it back to like seven? I thought the little ship was kind of a cool set piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of, kind of a weird runabout looking thing. Yeah, definitely an interesting. Kind of looked like the Delta Flyer. Yeah, a little bit. Um, like a '60s version of the Delta Flyer. You know, Noah wrote a, a very interesting song. I love about the episode. Noah's song for the alternative factor. Yeah. I'd love to bring it back and to play sometime. I think so too. I think I think I think it, as much as I hate acoustic shows. But now that I have an electronic drum set, we can do it more often. I won't be nearly as bored. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we need to bring back the that Noah's the alternative factor because that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a great song. It's, yeah. it's it's a weird perspective that he came up with for that the love story between Lazarus and Lazarus. <laughs> so good. Yep. <laughs> Probably one of the most unexpected ones. Like we we got out of Noah. This this episode is is actually the perfect example of how. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have told us over the years that our songs have changed their perception. Yeah. Well, which which is of, one which was one of the goals of the yeah, band. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, because like I said in the beginning, you know, every episode is somebody's favorite episode. Exactly. And so you know, we we write songs. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're just weird, but it's always a tribute to the episode, and we try to just add Find to... Find the good. Yeah. So, I you know, I think Noah's song really helps to improve the enjoyment of that episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, know, I don't really have much else to say about the alternative <laughs> factor. I've, I've, I've stretched as much as I can out of it here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have been drinking, so it helped. Um, all right, second one to say, second one for TOS that I have for you. Okay. And I already have a, I have already have a prediction in parentheses. Okay. Ready to go. All right. You can tell me the prediction after. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. spoil it with right, the right, prediction. Right, right, right. What, in your opinion, is the most iconic moment in the original series? Oh my god. Exactly. Because you really got to think about this one, because it's like, man. But I know like, there's so for, first we have to 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 decipher like, what does it mean to be iconic? 
So is, right. is, it, is it like what, when, when you say Star Trek to, mm-hmm. to just like uh, an average Joe? Right. What comes to their mind? Well, I'm not. I'm not talking like characters or anything like right. that. I mean, because I mean, obviously, people just immediately say Spock. But, but I'm talking about, right. yeah, I'm talking about like you know, uh, uh, like a certain episode or mm-hmm. yeah. or something. I'm gonna say Tribbles. Okay. Um, I think that uh, that episode is probably the most famous or popular or referenced episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are others that are close. Right. The City on the Edge of Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Arena. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, episodes that are so memorable that people, if you mention Star Trek, they're like, yeah, I remember when Kirk fought the lizard or whatever. You know, so... Um, <laughs> is that Was that your... My, 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 my prediction is as prediction, probably a fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that those things come to mind, but I think that most people will remember the episode with the little furry balls. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, especially just like the scene with Kirk underneath underneath yep. the compartment and they're just fall, falling on his head and he ends up in a pile of triples. Yeah. And then there's the the, the, the bar fight scene. It, it's definitely one of the most comical and just lighthearted. Yeah. F- fun episodes which which whenever anybody asks you know like you're like i want to get my kids into star trek where should where should i start like i want i want to start off in the original series i'm like dude trouble with triples yeah absolutely because that's gonna gonna what's gonna capture their attention at first because it's real lighthearted, mm-hmm. has some comedy little bits and everything but you still kind of get you know Tri- triples is stuff. definitely the best episode for kids yeah absolutely yeah yeah, and then and then of course the other ones that I thought of, of course, I mean the Gorn fight. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be going to be a big one. Uh, the other big one that I immediately thought of was uh, was the Lerpa fight from from a Muck time. Yeah. Es- yeah, especially the music. Yeah, because that music has been parodied everywhere. Yep. I mean, especially most most famously in the Cable Guy. Right. Yeah. When yeah, they're in medieval yeah. times and yep. Jim Carrey's doing the. <laughs> 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 and he even, he even stops and does the. <laughs> I know. I love that. But yeah, then there's like the, there's just like so many people that are like like <clears throat> oh, and then there were like the guest stars. You have people from like like the Batman '60s TV series that guest starred on there. And yeah. then you got like Joan Collins and like mm-hmm. one of her first like major roles and everything in the City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah. And R- Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, yeah, and then of course you got Khan. Yeah, which I mean, if anything, if, I think if most people know Star Trek off the top of their head, I, yeah. it's the Wrath of Khan. I, I think that Star Trek fans would think of Space Seed as an iconic episode. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, what's what's the Harry Potter term for people that aren't huffle fart? Nah, people use it all the time. Muggles. Is that it? For, 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 for like, so something muggles would know? Something like, yeah. So yeah, anyway. something that like basically everybody, like yeah. uninitiated so people. So uh, yeah, I think that those, you know, like the those kind of people wouldn't necessarily recognize Space Seed as being iconic. Right. You know, uh, but but the Wrath of Khan, they mm. would probably. I mean, just the, just the, the like the earwig scene, scene alone. Yeah. Or like the memes made of scruff or, screaming or, shatter. You, know, you, you can't scream in space or whatever the hell it is he says. It, <laughs> <laughs> no one can hear you scream. Right. Um, of course, he, of course, he con knew Chekhov and didn't even see him in the episode Space Seed. <laughs> nobody, 
Only weirdos like us know that. I know. Uh, so yeah, I'm yeah I'm gonna go with Tribbles, the Gorn fight. Yeah, yeah. Those are the probably the biggest, the two most iconic original series. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. <laughs> I kind of feel like the uh, the puppet from Corbomite Maneuver is up there as well. And then a tiny, also a, t- a tiny Clint Howard. Just because it appears at the end of every episode. That's true. Right under, right underneath the the, the Desi Lou logo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I, which I know a lot of people also. I think I think another iconic moment is when like Lucille Ball like yeah. kind of took the torch. Saved Star Trek. Saved Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, of course, another one which is a lesser known one is that uh, from Star Trek is, is where where we got shipping. Yeah, in the seventies, so, and I think I think anymore that's pretty iconic. Yeah, the term shipping. Term shipping. I mean, yeah. that wasn't even in like the well, in canon or anything like that, but it came from an, a, like a Star Trek Star Trek fan fiction. So, which I which I'm, I'm sure there's there's a lot of people that yeah. that write ship fiction stuff. And the term Mary Sue. That's right. Which of course from, Star Trek fans love to use Star that Trek one fiction. now. Yep. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. Next in the order, next generation. No movie questions? No movie questions. Okay. No, I just I, st- I stuck with strictly television. Okay. So uh, that's, that works I only me. have one for the next generation. Only one, huh? And uh, yeah, because I didn't, didn't want to be like, what'd you think of Picard's flute playing in the air light? <laughs> or they're like, like, let's talk about the drum head. It's I, like, no. You know what? Everybody, everybody loves next gen. Next gen is the fucking pizza of Star Trek. All right. Exactly. I mean, you know. Who cares? Let's talk about the pepperonis and move on. So what's your question? <laughs> I think this one's pretty controversial, though, because a lot of people like to like to put on rose colored glasses, thinking like next generation is like the be all end all of Star Trek and put on. Like, yeah, they pretend that it's like the greatest series it's, ever. It's kind of in the middle for me in my rankings, usually. Yeah. All right. So my question for next generation, how long did it take for you for it to get good? Well. So, uh, I didn't watch it from the beginning right? as a kid. As a kid, yeah. I watched it kind of sporadically. See, same, same here. It wasn't for, like appointment TV for me either growing first up. First episode I remember seeing was Data Lore. Okay, good one to start off with. Yep. And it was just like a couple episodes, maybe, maybe two or three episodes a season for the first few seasons. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around Best of Both Worlds. Uh, somewhere around Best of Both Worlds is where I remember kind of starting to watch it regularly. Mm-hmm. And then by the last two to three seasons, I was watching pretty much every episode. And religiously. Yeah. yeah. And I know I watched all good things the night that it premiered. Now, that being said. Upon rewatch. Yeah. Going back and watching it as a full series. Uh, when do I think that it got good? Yeah. Season three. Exactly. Okay. Total um, agreement. Yeah. One and two have have very memorable, good episodes. Oh, yeah, totally. But I would say a majority, I mean, you know, half of them, maybe more, are just okay. Yeah. And, and a couple that are definitely duds. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think around season three, they kind of hit a stride. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, that was also like post-writer strike, too. So I think a lot of writers came back in nice and refreshed. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. From that point on, it, it, you know, it got a lot better in season three and just like 
continued to get better and better. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely had some weird episodes in the seventh season. Like, oh, yeah. Like masks and oh, Sub Rosa. Like, what What are those episodes? Wait, Sub Rosa was... Su- that su- was seventh seven season, s- man. Really? I yeah. Didn't, I, maybe I just didn't put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? Wow. what is going on in the seventh season? Maybe that's why they ended it. They were like, well, we're kind of out yeah, of ideas. Yeah, we, we did Sub Rosa. <laughs> maybe it's time to throw in the towel. <laughs> uh so yeah uh, that's my answer season three yeah um so basically once 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 Riker grew his beard well he grew the beard before season two okay that's he, true he had yeah. it in season two and you know nothing against Pulaski mm-hmm. she was in season two I thought she was great yeah. um a lot of good episodes in that season um, I think uh, Measure of a Man was in season two yes which that's is a, a great but that was the, that was the whole trial with Data right yeah yeah um, a few other episodes are in that season that are good. Um, and the, and the first season had a few, but yeah, season, season three, definitely like it became more regularly, like every episode was enjoyable. Yeah. Which is basically also DS nine. Yeah. Though I, I might argue that DS nine had fewer duds. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you gotta move along home and, <laughs> You know, a couple other episodes. Al- Alamora and... <laughs> you know, you, you've got those in the first couple seasons of Deep Space Nine. And certainly in season three, it just, you know, it, they hit a stride also. Mm-hmm. But I think that they had fewer misses and more hits than yeah. Next Gen had. And honestly, I'll say the same thing. I know I know you're not a big fan of Voyager, but, oh, yeah. um, but I'll say the same thing. I think Voyager's first two seasons are definitely more solid than Next Gen's. Yeah, I can agree with that, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think next gen when they had a hit, it was better than Voyager's hits. Yes. But I think when uh, next gen had a miss, it was a much more of a miss than Voyager's misses. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Sub Rosa. <laughs> Seventh season. I I can't I can't believe I forgot yeah. that was like the it's, final it's season. It's at the end, man. And masks too. Yeah, both of those. Just weird, Woof. bad episodes. <laughs> we're gonna try to get into more like the horror sci-fi. <laughs> so we're gonna need to Go- do some ghost sex, ghosts, and and masks that that take control of you. All right. Well, um, we... speaking of next gen. Oh. But before we uh, move on here, lately I've been doing this thing. So I've been I've been working out, exercising at, at home a lot. Uh, we got a treadmill. Oh. And so I, you know, I, I walk on the treadmill a lot and just like watch TV and stuff. One of the things I do lately, because Ashley works from home, so I try to watch stuff that doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. like stuff that we've both have seen or, you know, whatever. So that what I've been doing lately is I've been playing next gen roulette. Oh. Where uh, I've got a, I've got an eight sided die and a 20 sided die. Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll roll them to see which season and episode. the season, one's the episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, if if I roll eight, I get to pick the season myself. Oh, you don't just re-roll? Um, well, no, I just like, if I roll eight, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go with season four. Okay. And then I'll roll the 20-sided, and it'll pick whichever episode. Now, I realize most of the episodes, or seasons had like 25 episodes or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, the other thing I do is, you know, if I happen to roll the same episode that I've already watched, recently, or whatever, I'll, yeah. I'll move to the next one. Okay. That I haven't seen. So. It's not a bad idea. I should I should really start doing that too. Yeah, it kind of forces me to watch some episodes. Like the other yeah. day, I, I watched uh, Hero Worship. I don't even remember that one. It's the one where the the where uh, they save the little boy 
Um, and he's the only survivor of the ship that gets destroyed. Oh. And, and then he idolizes Data and, yeah. and pretends to be an android. That's right. Yeah. So I watched that yeah. one the other day. Oh, man. Yeah, which, see, that's another reason why I should start doing that, because I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to watch that episode. We'd be like, oh, okay, what's what episode's next in my rewatch? Because I... Like well, like I, we were talking off mic before. I just started season four of Enterprise, and I just mm-hmm. started my Enterprise rewatch like two weeks ago. So. Well, me too. Like we we did that episode on on Broken Bow, mm-hmm. and both of us started a rewatch yeah. of Enterprise because of it. I am I am uh, close to the end of season two. Okay, I'm only watching it here at Hero House. I don't oh, watch it at home. At home, okay. Well, because Ashley's not seen Enterprise oh, yet. Oh, because you so. guys are doing DS Nine and Voyager right now, right? Yeah, she's uh, she's in season five of DS Nine and season no six, no five five and five DS Nine three of Voyager is where okay. she's at. However, those line up, I think. <laughs> um, they just rescued uh, Martok. And the real Bashir from the oh, from the prison, from, the prison from, colony, from the Dominion prison colony. Nice, I love it. Oh yeah, because that's the one where Worf has to has to has to go to Fight Club. Yeah, yeah, Worf, Worf Fight Club. Yeah, and, we, and, and and Garrick has to like battle his uh, his uh, claustrophobia and mm-hmm. fix that communicator. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we just watched that one, and then uh, you know Voyager. We're in season three, around the same same area. Yeah. So. <laughs> Nice. I'm. I think. I think. I'm definitely gonna have to do the that that thing for next gen because it's it's it as 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 iconic as iconic as next gen is. It is my least rewatched. Yeah. Because well, first of all, I've seen it so much, and it's like like I like I said earlier, it's like pizza. Like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, next gen. You can put any episode on anytime, and it's it's next gen. Right. Because there's there's very few arcs. Yeah. In next gen. So. And you know, it's enjoyable. It's you know, it's it's like. You know, it, it, it's like slipping into a, a sleeping bag full of warm butter or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like whatever. That's a weird image. But <laughs> sleeping bag full of warm butter. Do, do you have you have you done that often? Do you know from experience what it's like to slip into a sleeping bag full of warm butter? Moving on. Do you see the disappointment <laughs> in my eyes right now? No, I see a twinkle. That's disappointment, man. <laughs> Fooled. <you. laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, yeah, it's a nice way to kind of make yourself watch random episodes of Next Gen. So. I like it. I like it. All right, so for it, Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. I got, I, I, I got two for for Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, uh, what did you think about it being the first stationary Star Trek show? I remember when Deep Space Nine came out because that was right around the time that I actually started watching Next Gen, mm-hmm. um, like regularly. I fell for the anti-hype. Yeah. You know, it's a soap opera. <laughs> they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. You know, and I never watched it. It's not a lot of wagon training. Yeah, I never, I you know, I, I can't even really claim that I ever watched an episode of Deep Space Nine until about uh, 2007, maybe. Oh, wow. I mean, I might have well, seen. I can't, well, I can't say I anything. <laughs> right. But, but you, know, you know, you when you got into watching Star Trek, you just watched it all, like you know, in sequence, like in order. Yeah. You, you you didn't pass on anything mm-hmm. or whatever. I passed on it. You know, I watched Voyager a lot, most of it actually when it aired. Uh, I watched some of Enterprise. You know, I, I never gave D Space Nine a chance, Ugh, um, which is weird now. 
I know it's so weird to look back. You know, I'm ashamed. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm ashamed that I didn't finish Enterprise when it was on. There's a time in my life that I would like to forget. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, I definitely fell for the for people saying that it was wasn't any good because it was a soap opera because mm. because they didn't go anywhere or do anything. Um, but then upon rewatch, yeah, up, well, upon watch. Oh, okay, yeah. And well, I guess and, yeah, technically it would be just watch yeah, later a, a, upon watch yeah. and many rewatches exactly uh you know it's first of all it's my it's it's the top of my list it's my favorite of all the series yeah, mine too the others kind of bounce around but it's always right there at the top mm-hmm. yeah i i think that it was a, a bold choice yeah for them uh i i like that they added the defiant yeah you know, like you know in the second oh, that season was such a cool reveal too Mm-hmm. I brought a little help. Yeah, it's like yeah, you did. Uh, I like that they added that. I like that 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 it, it created the uh, option for them to leave the station and do yeah. things. Not that I mean, I mean, they already had runabouts and they used those, and mm-hmm. and you know, there were a lot of things that took place off the station. But honestly, it's almost like a cop out. It's almost like they were listening to people's complaints and said, "Well, we need to get these people off the station because people aren't going to watch the show." Yeah, you know, I I think that, I I think that all of the, the turmoil on Deep Space Nine and the ongoing arcs, and all you know the the Bajoran and Cardassian mm-hmm. and and Ferengi, yeah, like storylines that just kind of go on and on throughout the series are the most compelling part of it. Yeah. You and, know, then, the, and then you got the wormhole right there, which brings over the Dominion, so you don't have to go anywhere to face the Dominion, really. The the <laughs> random unused TNG scripts, like right. you know, where we show up on a planet of where where they show up on a planet of like people of uh, of convicts that are stuck on a planet that just keep like dying and coming back to life, and then they leave Opaka behind. That's right. You know, like. Okay, that that episode's okay, mm-hmm. but you know, give me like you know Quark on the station trying to smuggle in some something, you know, and it goes sideways. Like I'd rather have that. Yeah, give me some more odd couple episodes between between, <laughs> between Quark and Odo. Yeah, Quark. Um, another impression I got to work on. Sorry, Frankie. Similar, similarly to them adding um, the Defiant was them adding Worf to the cast, yes. which I'm torn on the fact that they added Worf for several reasons. Mm-hmm. To, to me, Worf will always be a next generation character. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate his, his presence, presence on D space nine, but I felt like it was almost intrusive because mm-hmm. the rest of the cast is all fantastic and, yeah. and they didn't need to add anybody. Well, eventually they became all fantastic. <laughs> yes. No, I'm not talking about first season We're Bashir not and Kira. <laughs> exactly. Everyone knows that Kira and Bashir in the first season are the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing worse is maybe is like the first three seasons of Neelix. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Where was I? 
Okay, never mind. I didn't. I, I, I was I was I was looking at my list, making sure that I, I didn't already have the Neelix question concerning that was the you, one that you mentioned I, it because I gave that I gave I sent you examples of what I yeah, meant. Yeah. Neelix was one of my examples, but I did not put it on the final list. Um, so, yeah, uh, adding Worf was I mean, I, it, it was clearly a ploy to bring next generation fans to Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Because Next Gen was no longer on the air. Well, I mean, you got that with episode one with Picard and like the whole like ready room scene. So, yeah, you know, it's Worf. Worf did well on Deep Space Nine and, and, you know, and it gave him some some room to grow as a character that that he didn't grow on Next Gen. Well, plus with with Worf being there, I think we got a lot more Klingon backstory than we'd ever had before, too. Yeah. I mean, with him on the show, there was way more about Klingon just everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, way more than than we ever had, and that's awesome. Except for the explanation about how Klingons became Klingons. Yeah, yeah, we we still didn't get that. Not not for like another ten years. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the next one. Uh, still sticking with DS Nine. Okay, and we you, you already made mention of her, uh, Kieran Arise. Okay, can we just focus on on Kieran Arise and how much of a badass she eventually became? Let me just say that Nana Visitor is very hot. <laughs> and just wonderful in general. Um, very sweet, wonderful person. She was awesome when we when we met her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've, met, we've met her like three or four times now. Yeah, yeah. And she was just a doll every single time. Yeah. Uh, Kira in the show, in the first season, definitely way too aggressive. Um, yeah. To the point of being annoying. <laughs> And like I said, her and Bashir are like kind of the low point of the first season as mm-hmm. far as the characters go. Like everyone else is kind of kind of finds their place. Those two are just I mean, Bashir is just awkward and weird and yeah. creepy. Oh, yeah. Very creepy. So creepy. Um, And Kira is just like it's like all she can play is angry lady. Like, yeah, you know. All she she's just mad at everyone and everything all which, the time. Which I mean, I get at first. Which I which to, to counter your point on that, where she just seemed like aggressive all the time. This is like so shortly after the the, the like the the, the Cardassian yeah. mm-hmm. uh, takeover and then leaving. And you have to understand, York. yeah, the, the the Federation is just another superpower that shows up, right? And like we're gonna move in here and take over. She's and, like, oh great, oh great, yeah. who's, who's taking over now? Yeah, yeah, more more occupiers, like yeah. Thanks, colonizers. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, Kira, I think that I mean she's she's a great character. Yeah. Um, I, you know, spoiler alert <laughs> oh, no. for, for 20 year old show, um, 25 year old show now. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I think that her, uh, relationship with Odo was very interesting and, uh, yeah. and, uh, like a, a very, um, courageous, like choice for the, the writers and creators of the show. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, let's. You know, let's have her have a, a relationship with a changeling, you know, like. Yeah. Which I mean, was pretty brave of her to get into a relationship with a changeling, considering the time and the timing of it. Yeah. And considering the whole Dominion War and everything against the changelings, considering he wasn't some handsome Bajoran diplomat. Anyway, so uh, I, I think that uh, it, 
like with Deep Space Nine, all the characters grow and change, and yeah. it's 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 really of all of the '90s and before Trek, mm-hmm. it's the only series where the characters truly like grow and change. Like every single last character yeah. on Deep Space yeah. Nine grew uh, I mean, so much. Voyager has a little bit of it. Enterprise <laughs> has some. But D Space Nine is far beyond all the other shows. With mm-hmm. you know, every character changes and grows and becomes something more. And you know, Kara is definitely no exception. Um, well, just her her whole backstory. I mean, being raised from a little girl in like occupation camps, mm-hmm. and like then just growing up and like learning how to fight immediately. Yeah, and just like be, be, leading revolutions. Yep. And then she becomes then she she basically becomes the man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but in a good way. Yeah, so in the beginning she didn't trust Cisco, and by mm-hmm. the end of the series they're like best friends. Yeah, you know she she becomes best friends with Dax. Mm-hmm. She gets along with all the other characters. She has O'Brien's baby. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, there's there's which that was such a wonderful way to cover up her actual pregnancy yeah. too. It's like, what can we need you in these episodes? How can we possibly hide it? I, I love when she's when she says to Bashir, you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. I mean, yeah, that was that was another great thing about DS9 is like everybody had like like no matter who had comedic moments, too. Yeah. It wasn't just like every single person was constantly serious on there either. But like everybody had like their time to shine with like their weird comedy chops. But then mm-hmm. like can turn around and just like be the most absolutely tear-jerking, dramatic character. Yeah. You know, even Nog. Oh, my God. Again, (laughs) I will say, across every single iteration of Star Trek, Nog has the best character arc. Yeah, he he grows and changes more than any character in all of Star Trek. All of Star Trek. Yep. Now, I'm glad you and I are in agreement on that, too. Absolutely. R.I.P. Aaron. Yep. (laughs) All right. We're going to move on to a controversial one. Okay. And because it's Voyager. All right. I only have one. <laughs> Tuvix. Tuvix. <laughs> exactly. As soon as you said controversial, I knew what you were yeah. going to I knew what you were going to go for. Yeah. Uh Janeway did nothing wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's for, con- that's that's controversial, Mike. For for real though. I mean, she needed her tactical officer. Mhm. And Tuvix was not qualified to do that no he he was clearly i mean he he had some of the most of the knowledge and the skills and everything but he the inner issues that he had like between the two people that he was made of just took away too much from being tactical officer yeah and he tried i mean you know, you notice that I'm not arguing for needing neelix here i'm just saying exactly (laughs) i'm saying that she needed tuvok Nobody needs Neelix. Apparently, Keth needed Neelix. She cried about it and, and whined until the captain killed him. But then, it's, it's then she fine. Left. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, but but seriously, I mean, you know, you trade one one person that you just met for mm-hmm. for two people that you've known for years. That, exactly. That you know that they're valuable to the crew. This person. You don't know if they're really going to ultimately work out. You don't know if they're mm. going. To, I mean, who knows what he would end up doing as the combination of those two characters. Yeah. So that being said, couldn't they just like 
use the transporter buffer and bring back the other two and then have three people? Right. It's just a, it's just realigning molecules. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. Mm. I mean, some slingshot action. Go back. Around the sun? Yeah. Go back and beam them out of some alternate timeline. Then you got everybody. I mean, come on. <laughs> Everybody's I mean, happy. Tuvix was a nice guy. You going to kill him? That's yeah. That's that's just apparently mean. yes. That's mean. And since I don't <laughs> want to dwell on Tuvix because <laughs> it has been done to death, yeah, we're going to move on to a very similar topic with Enterprise. Sim. The other trip. Yes. Okay. How is Tuvix such a big deal about? Oh, Janeway did nothing wrong. Oh, Janeway was completely right in her actions. Why does nobody ever talk about Sim? Well, first of all, it's because no one gives a crap about Enterprise. Which is a damn shame. It really is. I say that sounds sounds jokingly, but mm-hmm. seriously, like of all the Star Trek series, like the classic Star Trek series, mm-hmm. Enterprise has the worst rep out of all yeah. of them. Like, Undeservedly so. Yeah. At the very least, if, if, if you could get anyone to sit down and watch all of these shows... Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they didn't care for it as much, they would have to tie it with whatever else they consider the worst. The worst. Like, yeah. it's not worse than any other Star Trek. No. And in in many ways, it's better than than a lot of the others. Exactly. Um, I feel like Enterprise. You know, it it has a few duds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it probably has the most solid first two seasons. And they have multiple great arcs too. Yeah. But back to Sim though. Okay, back to Sim. Okay, so 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 tri- so, tri- so the, I, the regular in, trip gets injured. In my yeah, in, in my rewatch, I have not got to that episode I, yet. I just watched it like last week. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember the details. Uh, uh so I know they tri- so trip is injured or something mm-hmm. and they use some kind of space magic to create well, flocks came came up with it because he yeah. had like he had like a thing that he could the, like basically recreate it's very as a very controversial thing yeah that was not used very often it was mainly Makes used a clone. for like animals and stuff yeah but yeah made a an actual 100 percent clone of trip and like, but aged rapidly. Yeah. Like it was like full grown within like, I think it was like two weeks. Right. Or something like that. But like it lived <clears throat> his entire life, like had like all of his memories and everything right. like that. So it, it was trip. Mm-hmm. It was totally trip. Right. Okay. So then uh, I know he dies at the end. I know they have like a funeral scene. And and what's funny is that Sim was the one that decided that. Yeah. So how, uh, what, what exactly happens at the end? Basically, he say he's he decides to sacrifice himself because like the other trip, like the original trip, was like able to be saved. The Sim was not going to going to have like a complete lifespan. He wasn't going to keep on living for like another like thirty forty years or whatever. He, he he grew so that Trip could have like a new liver or something, right? Yeah, well, multiple yeah. parts, really. Yeah. So they were but, just, they were just going to harvest him, basically. Right. That's what I'm saying. So like, now was there a, a a solution to stopping him from aging so that he could live a normal life. No. So he was just going to keep eventually die. They did. They, 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 they weren't sure how long he was going to live okay. once he reached the trip's current age. So what's the, what's the controversy then here? Oh, basically like, like it's considering D- they didn't, they didn't doing know it how, in the first place. They, they didn't know. Well, that uh, and also, you know, they didn't know how long he was going to live 
after that, but they went ahead and so he could have lived. Anyway. He could have lived like a couple of years. He could have lived fifty. Who knows? So they didn't. They just didn't know how long he would live. And yeah. other trip is dying. Mm-hmm. So hey, let's murder this guy and donate his parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he was he was he was very well aware of the situation, but also but also this is where we also got uh, the fact that uh, he like Sim went in and had the conversation with T'Pol and told told her trips feelings right about her right. So unlike Tuvix, mm-hmm. Sim was ready to sacrifice himself. Eventually, yeah. yeah. After much protest. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wish I had I had rewatched the episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen it several times, but it's right, just, it's not nearly as fresh it, in your mind. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's since I since I ha- you know I don't remember much about the episode. It's hard for me to really um, say much. I remember enjoying it and, and feeling very uh, compelled. Yeah, by the character. I mean, and, it's, and, it's it's a wonderful episode. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough situation. I mean, you know, do you do you let the real trip die so that this other trip can live? And is he just going to be trip from now on mm-hmm. if the real one dies? But what if he suddenly dies next week because he's, you know, or whatever? What if what if he suddenly turns 90 years old and dies? <laughs> it keeps aging rapidly. So I guess I guess thinking about it that way, if you know for a fact that regular trip is going to live a regular life. You know, until he's like, you know, until he dies in, you know, the last episode. Yeah. Un- unnecessarily. He can he, he, carry on his relationship with with a 63-year-old T'Pol. Right. <laughs> I was wondering how old you were. I've been trying to get you to tell me since, since we went on, on, went on this mission. That's a good trip. Uh, It wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> I got to work on it. It's fine. Pecan pie. Pan fried catfish. <laughs> I forgot when they had to go to that station that repaired Enterprise. Yep. Pan fried catfish. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Uh so yeah, I I, I guess no knowing those facts, I would have made the same choice if I you know, if I if it were up to me, I'd say, mm-hmm. well, this one will live for an undetermined amount of time. Could die next week, mm-hmm. you know. He's, especially since he's willing to sacrifice himself. Other trip will live a normal life until he dies of whatever natural causes or whatever. Or he gets blowed up. Or yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever happens. So yeah, I would have made the same choice. I guess mm. I, I I I would have let Sim sacrifice himself to to uh, extend Trip's life. All right, stick yeah. sticking with Enterprise. We finally got an explanation of to how the Klingons look changed. Now, were you satisfied with the with the answer that was given? I was. Uh, I think that that was. I, I think the Enterprise did a really good job of tying a lot of things together. Yeah. O- over all of Star Trek's continuity, retconning. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I never really knew because I didn't get into Star Trek until. You know, next gen was halfway through its mm. run, so I knew those as Klingons. I knew like Worf and, and the, the, the Ridgy Klingons, Gowron, yeah. You know the yeah the twenty fourth century Klingons. I knew mm. I knew those as Klingons. So, you know, looking back on the original series, it wasn't really that big a deal to me. I just thought that it was weird that they didn't look like them. Right. I thought that the ones in the motion picture looked very 
weird with their shiny, like perfect ridgy foreheads. Yeah. But uh, Enterprise came up with a a plausible reason to mm-hmm. explain it, and that way, it, you know, it made all of Star Trek kind of fit together and gave us no reason to really argue about that anymore. Right. Exactly. Until Discovery, <laughs> when they gave us actually before Discovery, and and until uh, not Rathacon. Into darkness. Into darkness. Yeah. Yeah. When they gave us the lizard Klingons yeah, with the helmets. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 the lizard eyes and the scaly. Like, come on, man. If you uh, want to make lizard people, make a new species or. I honestly something. always forget about the Klingons and Into Darkness. Yeah, it's because it's so forgettable. Well, it was it was a, it was, a, it was a very throwaway scene, but it was also a very throwaway in, movie, in my opinion. Into Darkness is the the piece of Star Trek that I have watched the least. Yeah, I saw it once in the theater. And it was with you. Yeah. And the, the rest of the band. I saw it in the theater and I saw it once since. Yeah. I've watched, I've watched 2009 multiple times. Yeah. I've watched beyond multiple times. Yep. Yep. I've never gone back to rewatch into darkness. And, and I into darkness is just, it's, it's, it is the lowest point of star Trek. In my opinion, I put it below any other star Trek movie. I mean, any, I can see that below man. all the other movies. Hot takes, Mike hot takes. Is this, is this a hot take or is this, what is this? That's just a regular take. Is that, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Hot take. Star Trek five is better than Star Trek two. That's my hot take. That is a pretty hot take. Anyway. You're going to get into fights over that one. Oh, I have. I've gotten <laughs> arguments with people. Internet arguments. They don't really count. Well, those don't count. Yeah. So, uh, in the interest of not dragging it on, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I am satisfied with what Enterprise did with the Klingons. Absolutely. And uh, when w- one real quick thing about it, when Enterprise first came out and the first episode, you know, I watched when it originally aired and the first scene is a Klingon crash landing on Earth a mm-hmm. hundred years before Kirk. And, you know, and he looks like, you know, a, a, a Gowron Klingon. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. Why is that Klingon, you know? What, you know, I was what about my timeline? Throw, throwing my, throwing my slushy at the TV and kicking my Taco Bell off my chair and being mad. And then, <laughs> and then the theme song came on. And I'm like, turn this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> what have they done? So I'm glad they explained. Yeah. Why they look like that before? All these years and later. And after. I just think it's crazy that it took them so many years to give us the explanation. Yeah. Well, I think they reached a point where, like, fandom had discussed it so much mm-hmm. that it reached the top. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they need an explanation. We can't We can't just change the effects and not explain it. Right. So. Yeah. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Finally. Finally. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Mo- moving on to 15 years later. Right. Because we're on Discovery now. Yeah. We already kind of discussed the Klingon look, so I'm not even going to get into that. Was that one of your questions? That or? was that was one of them. Yeah. So we already kind of okay. touched on that one a little bit, so we're not really going to... I'm glad they added the hair. Mm-hmm. And, they, and also uh, explained the hair. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still not real satisfied with the look, but it, it's better with the hair. The only thing I'm not satisfied with is, with is the teeth prosthetics. The, the, the teeth and the, the Hebrew... Or whatever that is that they're speaking. It doesn't sound like Klingon. It's actually it's, it's Klingon. 
but it's like it's it, it's just it's just the way the, the the prosthetics make it. Plus, they're like enunciating everything too. Yeah, but like it just doesn't even sound like Klingon because they're not barking it. They're actually just speaking because they're not constantly angry like all the other Klingons. I guess, but I don't know. First season Discovery, I'm I'm very unhappy with the Klingons in that season. Yeah. But I'll, you know, I'll accept it. It's fine. Season, but, but, but season two Klingons? The season discovery? two Klingons are much better. Yeah. I'm interested now that they're in, the, you know, a thousand years in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm interested if they have Klingons on the show, what they're going to look like, because they didn't really have any. True. Uh, you know, and I, I wonder if they purposely didn't have any Klingons in that season because they, yet, they didn't want to, like, make a choice. True. It's like what other what other augments could they have gone through over a thousand they, years? Maybe they, they had Trill and they made them look like Trill. So Damn. you can't make some Klingons look like some Klingons, man. End of season one, cliffhanger. We see the Enterprise rolling in. Yep. Season two, we find out who's at the helm of the Enterprise. Uh huh. Were you excited? For Captain Pike at first, or were you like, "Oh, cool, we we finally get to see Pike," or were you like, "Oh, cool, we get to see Pike." Which which one were you? Were you a little the, more the second one? Okay. So, right. uh, but why? At, well, at the end of season one, just seeing the Enterprise, oh, yeah. fly up and it looked fantastic. I lost my mind. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like that, that looks great. You yeah. know that that's like that. You know that that's like a, a motion picture quality Enterprise. Mm-hmm. You know, but in the era of like the the gray blob that flies across the screen, right. <laughs> 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 like it, it looks awesome. So uh, and I I I like that it was kind of a combination of uh, original series, but with a little bit of like motion picture, mm-hmm. like a little bit of the refit kind of look to yeah. it. But it's it's you know the the Enterprise. I know we're not. I'm not talking about Pike, but yeah. like the Enterprise itself. Uh, you know, I think they did a great job of making it of like honoring the uh, original series, but making it look updated and and for you know good. Had- a for, 21st century yeah, audience. Yeah, exactly. But but they but they paid tribute to the original, mm-hmm. unlike the 2009 movie, right. where where it just doesn't really look anything like it. Yeah. Too so, uh, Pike, um, I think is awesome. Oh yeah, now uh, I think uh, it's imme- awesome. Immediately, like within that first episode, mm-hmm. uh, I know Ashley and I were both like, "This guy's good." Like, oh yeah, you know we. We like that uh, that silver fox look he had, mm-hmm. you know, and just you know, An- Anson Mount is just a he's a good actor, he's attractive, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's got it all, man. Yeah, and he he brought it to that first episode and just kept going. But now, what was it that got you like instead of just be like, "Oh, cool, Captain Pike," to "Oh, cool, Captain Pike"? Like, I wasn't like super stoked. Mm-hmm. Cause like it was like oh cool we 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 finally get to see you know what Captain Pike was up to before you know the men, right like, well all we knew was Jeffrey Hunter and his, yeah, exactly. and his one performance I'm not even going to count uh, what's his face from the movies oh the movies yeah like yeah uh, no, we're not nor even, should you yeah we're not even going to worry about that guy in the wheelchair or whatever <laughs> uh, one of my favorite moments in Discovery <laughs> isn't even an actual scene in the show. It was at the beginning of an episode where it said previously on Star Trek and they showed yes. flashbacks from Two's Jeffrey Hunter in the cage. Like that was genius. Yeah, that was amazing. Like, yes, 
Yes. Um, but uh, I don't even remember what what we were saying. Oh, basically that I was like, I, I wasn't like super stoked to see it. I was curious, uh-huh. I would say. Or, like, well, when, when, let me ask you, when, when the Enterprise showed up, were you hoping it was Kirk? No. Okay. No. Like I kind of figured it would be like considering the time. Did you think maybe it was April? No, I knew I, I kind of figured it was Pike because of the timeline uh-huh. matching up and everything. You yeah, because it's like 10 years before mm-hmm. before the original series, right? Before, so, before, before Kirk like, took over. Like before where No Man Has Gone Before. Yeah. So, um, so like I knew Pike was in charge, I, but it, I, it didn't. I, just seeing the Enterprise made me freak out. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that Pike was on it, I initially wasn't wasn't like, Oh, this is amazing. We get to see Pike. It's just like, oh, cool. We can see Pike. Well, yeah, looking at it that way, like what you're saying. Yeah, it was by the end of that first episode with Anson Mount. Yeah. Once, I mean, it, once we saw him, I was like, oh, this is going to be yeah, when, great. When, when he showed up, I was like, oh, good choice. You know, he, mm-hmm. that's you know a cool looking Pike. You know, it seems like he's, you know, but then by the, by the end of that episode, I was like, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. Let, let's keep this bike guy around. Let's get some more of him. Yeah, we we can just get rid of half of the discovery stat, uh, cast and <laughs> bring you know bring Pike and number one in here. Yeah, <laughs> which now we're gonna get with Strange New Worlds. Oh, I, yeah. I, I guess they, I guess they just wrapped uh, yeah, yeah, shooting I, of season one. I saw that. On the Anson Mount announced that on Twitter, and I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, um, I'm I'm stoked that uh, there were that that series looks really good mm-hmm. uh, i mean we haven't even really seen anything from it i, I no, just but i mean we get we get we get kirk i don't know we get pike we get spock we get number one uh we're gonna we're finally gonna, gonna get more backstory on like instant cult yeah it's just uh, randomness all, like that all those other random characters from the cage that, yeah. that didn't even get names in the menagerie right exactly <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty stoked for, for strange new worlds yeah to, to say the least yeah, and considering we get uh, new new lower decks in August, uh, they haven't announced release dates for Discovery or Strange New Worlds yet. But I'm assuming we'll probably start hearing soon. Picard will probably I, premiere in like like October. Maybe? I would assume shortly after Strange or after uh, lower decks. Lower ends. decks, they would have the next one. What they were trying to do last. Yeah. that's what they did last time. Like lower decks ended, and then Picard like immediately started the following week. So yeah. So I'm really hoping for that. But yeah, initially wasn't super stoked about Pike after season two of Discovery. All about Pike. Give me more Pike. Oh, yeah. And then obviously the producers and the owners of Star Trek listened and they were like, here you go. Yeah. Here's that entire I, crew on the Enterprise. I, I, I am excited that, the, that it's a return to episodic Star Trek as well. Yeah. I, I, I really like Discovery, mm-hmm. but I get worn out by the the season long season arcs that don't really diverge from it where it's like, yeah, as, as opposed to like, you know, you get like, like three or four episodes that are an arc and then you got like two or three bottle episodes. And yeah. Then you got yeah. Like I, I, another I, re- short little arc. I really need those, those, those single episodes with the, the character development, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like there's not really enough character development. It's so hard with, with that, with that many people in your cast yeah. and you're only doing, 12 13 16 episodes whatever like like you, there's just no there's no room for it especially yeah. with the, the 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 grand stories that they're telling mm-hmm. i mean you know every season has almost involved like saving the the universe from destruction or whatever yeah. like 
okay, you know, we we, we, we kind of see some development and changes with, you know, Michael Burnham, but, and maybe a little bit of Saru, but everyone mm-hmm. else just hasn't really had any time or room yeah. to show which, us which who I'm, they are. I'm hoping season four slows down a little bit and yeah. we can kind of get a little more a, a little, backstory a, on the bridge crew. A, a little more space exploration. Yeah, exactly. Instead yeah. of just like crisis. Yeah. We got two series left here. Picard, we've uh, you and I have already talked that, that it's we haven't done like a rewatch of that one yet, but we both have watched it. Yeah. Seven of Nine came back and like a little surprise. Uh-huh. It's like, woohoo! Seven Seven of Nine's back. There was a lot of mystery surrounding her. Mm-hmm. And we still don't quite know exactly what she was doing. Yeah. Like what? During what? like the return of Voyager mm-hmm. and then Picard. Yeah. Like, d- do you have any predictions as to what she ha- she had been up to? Because it seemed like almost like she was like a mercenary. She's definitely in a different place mm-hmm. than she was. I mean, if, if if you just went with the end of of Voyager, like after Endgame, mm-hmm. you would think that oh, she's going to become a a a really uh, helpful crew member uh, yeah addition to the federation and yeah. and like help inform them about all this borg stuff and continue her you know we're going to forget about that little date scene with Chakotay, and i'm going to assume <laughs> that she finally gets around to getting with the doctor because uh-huh. i mean that's the real romance that's you know why wouldn't they do that exactly that was a perfect opportunity for so many things. And now we're going to have her say like, nah, to the doctor and, and bring in tattoo face. Like, <laughs> thanks. Hakuchi Moya. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. B- between that, you know, you, you would think that she would continue down that path of like, you know, being Janeway's right hand. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, protege. My, protege. That's what my, my, my brain's not working tonight. Help. <laughs> so you you would think that she would continue down the path of being Janeway's protege mm-hmm. and learning about humanity and, and and like exploring herself like with the doctor and everything, but apparently that's not what happened. Yeah, somehow she fallen fell in, into some dark hole where she's just straight up like a like the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Or something like. Well, because we see like that one, the the colony uh, that they end up on, the, the former Borg cube, uh, where they're just like talking about all the XBs, the former Borg, mm-hmm. basically, and they're like trying to like, it's basically like a, like a recovery center, it's like a rehab for Borg. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she shows up. Seems to, seems to still know everybody, probably because of the connection with the whole hive mind assimilated thing, and like like. It's like she like shows up to the party and instantly knows everybody that was once a Borg, which was great that she knew who Picard was. Yeah. Without ever meeting him in person. Yeah. Which was fantastic. And that was like, ooh, good, good. That's some, that's some great, great continuity. Though watching that, I also got the impression that maybe they worked together At on some something. Point, maybe. You know, after Endgame, maybe she met Picard and they... They cross paths, but I mean, he, but he well, he was Locutus, right? But but there there is also that they have that connection, yeah. And and I definitely got that from mm-hmm. it as well. 
But yeah, there's, I haven't really been able to pick up where they're heading with her story leading into Picard season two. Because like the only thing I noticed in the trailer is like there's like some weird it looks almost like a dream sequence or something. But she's like raises her hand to her face and like the, all the Borg stuff isn't yeah. there anymore. And she's also wearing a wearing like a wedding ring. Yeah, yeah, it's but, so you know, I'm not with, sure what's happening with here. Q involved. Yeah, it could be anything. He could be altering reality right, and all that right. stuff. So, I mean, yeah. it, and also with 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 modern Trek, it could be anything mm-hmm. like, you know. That Which I'm a, definitely stoked for Delancey coming back as Q, though, too. I mean, that could just God, be a dream sequence. We're, we're off subject to 7 to 9 with that, but man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Q coming back uh, is just... Mm. In, in a subject a little related to 7 of 9 involving Picard season 1, I felt that uh, that Hugh kind of got the shaft. Oh, definitely. I appreciate what happened with him and everything, but, but not just the character and what happened within that season, but mm. I think the character overall... Uh, and, yeah. of like considering where he was in next gen mm-hmm. and like where he is now, like yeah. I, I just, you wanted him to achieve so much more. Yeah. And, and well, it's, 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 it's like, the, it's like those former in, inmates that like, like could come out of prison and they become like counselors for like, for like recently, recently released prisoners. Like he's there. He was like, he was like, Hey, I did it. You could do it too. Type of type of thing, and he's like helping them through, like counseling them and stuff like that. It's like that was so good. Yeah, like that could have that, that storyline could have gone way further. But I think to further along, like the revenge storyline of right. like, the big bads, of, and, of course. Yeah, with the, with the Romulans and everything, they uh, had to. I also kind of felt that Echeb <sighs> got the shaft. Oh, Echeb definitely did. I mean. That was quick. Yeah. Quickly got the shaft. Oh, yeah. I, I, I felt bad for that character altogether. Because <laughs> same thing, like when you're watching Voyager, you, you kind of really like that character and you, you want him to to grow into something more and be, yeah. you know, and like he just kind of, yeah. Fizzled. <laughs> Poor Echeb. Poor Echeb. Got his eyeball ripped out. Yeah. That was a good scene, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, newest and last one. Okay. Lower Decks. All right. Which I know we both loved. Yeah. <laughs> All right, first, just just for Frankie's sake, <laughs> I want you to give me your opinion on Rutherford. Rutherford? Yeah. Part cyborg? Mm-hmm. Um, serious about his job? Mm-hmm. All of his jobs yeah. that, he, that he tries. Yeah, very, very focused... <laughs> Um, I, I mean, first of all, I have to say that I pretty much love every character on the show. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to like all of it, everything, every, every frame. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in in my opinion, it started off a little too fast and then they found their stride within like two episodes. I mean, they were in the first couple episodes, they were really hitting those jokes quick and hard. Hard. Like you have to watch it like. Uh, several times to mm-hmm. really catch everything. Yeah. But yeah, Rutherford, uh, I definitely like that character a lot. He's like, uh, I, um, I, I listened to the, the podcast with Frankie. So, uh-huh. um, which by the way, <laughs> I heard what the two of you said about me. Shut up. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, what, what did we say? <laughs> uh, but gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you know, I'm glad that they didn't force the two of them together. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, her and it, 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 Rutherford and Tindy. Yeah, that they basically became, like, best, best friends, best friends in, instead of, like, a romance. Yeah. Um, I think that that's... And even if they had, like, a romance further down the line, I like that, they're, that they didn't, like... Force it together yeah, immediately. D- drop like hints at it or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like like it's just they're just friends that work together, and you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I I mean, it's hard to not like any character on the show, so I definitely like Rutherford. Yeah. All right. Do you have any predictions for season two? Where things are going, or any characters coming back that we've seen that that may may have been hinted that they're not coming back i mean that's that's just like impossible to predict with this kind of show yeah i mean they could they could literally do anything so i mean we could we we could see a little flyby from from peanut hamper Mm -hmm. we could see uh that badgie wasn't completely lost in the explosion yeah we could also possibly see a replacement for shacks which i'm hoping that he has like a twin brother (laughs) And who's equally as surly as he was, because Shax was becoming one of my probably my favorite yeah, character on the crew. Yeah, I mean, I, I thinking about uh, Star Trek in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's quite possible that that Shax would never come back. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, not 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 in any permanent fashion. I mean, mm-hmm. look, look at Tasha Yar. You know, <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I, I, that, that was actually one of almost almost one of my TNG things I wrote down. It was like, let's talk about the many faces of Tashi. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, but with with a show like that, I mean, I can see them just like doing something silly, just out of nowhere, just have Q show up for five seconds and then right. snap his finger and then and then he's back. Well, what I'm really wondering or, is... Or just like a timeline or like a mirror thing or something, mm-hmm. you know, something where he just like shows up. Oh, that's what I'm waiting for is a mirror universe episode of Lower Decks because yeah. they're going to be able to do that one up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's They, they got to be doing it we, at we, some we, point. We, we already got a, ho- a holodeck episode out of them. Yeah. Which was which, great. Which was a great episode. Yeah. But um, because when we... Season finale, we had Boimler transferred to the Titan with Riker and Troy. Right. Um, everybody else was still left on the Cerritos. Uh-huh. So it's going to be interesting to see how the, how they get the crew fully back together. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll take long. No. I, I think within the first two episodes, mm-hmm. they'll find a reason for Boimler to come back. I, as, as long as in the first episode, we get Riker jumping into warp using jazz like we did when we saw him. <laughs> <laughs> and a five, six, seven, eight. And... <laughs> Such a weird character choice for that. Yep. <laughs> but it totally worked. And I, and I love between Picard and Lower Decks, we got a weird return of Riker and Troy in both series. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Which, of course, you know, I, I guess you could technically say the Lower Decks did it first. Or Enterprise did it first. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, because he was in the season finale. Yeah. Series finale. Yeah. The dumb Dallas dream sequence thing where he's posed as the chef. Uh, what I love about Lower Decks is that it, it pays tribute to all Star Trek. Every single iteration of Star yeah. Trek. And, and, it, and it, I mean, there's there's deep cuts. Deep cuts. Yeah. Uh, like some of the references they make. I mean, you got to be like a real star trek fan i mean they even made too. a spock helmet reference yeah the toy yeah with the with the little light on top mm-hmm. it's like 
Wow. That was mm. oh, chef's kiss. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So good. But yeah, I have high hopes for season two. We only have uh, by the time this releases, we only have like like three weeks until the new season premieres because it yeah. comes out August 21st. When, yes. when when are you planning on this episode being out? Monday. Okay. This coming Monday. Edit point. Well, make sure everyone uh, comes to see us at Concave this weekend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Mike and... Well, that's cool. Okay, let's just go ahead and change gears. We'll call this wrap-up mode. <laughs> getting new content from five-year mission you should head over to patreon.com slash five-year mission and check out our patreon page as a patron of the band you will receive access to rare and behind the scenes pictures and videos and other cool stuff you will also have early access to many things like video releases or new songs you can sign up for different levels from ensign all the way up to admiral one of the perks of being an admiral on five-year missions patreon is that you get to be a producer on this podcast Currently, our producers are Neil Carpenter, Helen Lake, Debbie Rinke, Carol Jones, Becky and Roxy, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. Your name could be on this list if you sign up as an admiral. So head over to patreon.com slash five-year mission now. That's the number five-year mission. Fansets.com, how we love you for sponsoring our show this whole time. I mean, why do you keep putting up with us? Anyway, if you want some new releases, why don't you head on over to Fansets.com. Right now over there, you can actually get the as-seen-on-screen Star Trek Picard Visitor Badge. Let everyone know that, you know, you're just visiting. So, head on over to Fansets.com, fill up your cart, Enter the code five year mission. That is the number five, and then all caps year mission five year mission. You can get ten percent off of your entire order. And next month, August eleventh through fifteenth, if you are if you are at Creation Entertainment's fifty five year mission tour, head on over to the dealer room and see the crew from Fansets. You know, fan out on them, buy some stuff, maybe even mention our name. Maybe you'll get some free stuff. Maybe they'll probably just end up rolling their eyes at you. Anyway. Fansets. Our pins have character, and boy, oh boy, do we thank the guys at Fansets for sponsoring our show and every single show on the Trek Geeks Network, a podcast each and every single week. Good on you. <laughs> Since we just really trailed off on Lower Decks there, anyway. This will this, come post the uh, the ads. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. I like it. At at, at the end of the uh, fan sets. Ad. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone's around the uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky area, we are playing. Uh, you probably heard us talk about Concave before. This is Con with a K K H. The summer Concave is much smaller, a little more intimate Concave where everybody just hangs at the outdoor pool and not the the entire band can never seem to show up for the summer version <laughs> so uh i got i got a, i got my electronic drum kit which is going to be super dumb uh mike and noah are just going to be on acoustic guitars maybe bring a keyboard if noah has his way but <laughs> uh because he wants to do 80s versions of our songs 
something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. come see us uh, on the 18th of July, Bowling Green, Kentucky, at the Clarion Inn and Suites. You should buy a, a concave membership. That's right. But you don't really have to have one to see this show because it's outside. You could stand outside the fence of the pool and say, hey, Claude, I'm not giving you a dime. But then come in and give him a dime because it'd be funny. You just, throw, just just throw dimes at him. We, we, in fact, in fact, I'm going to break a pocket full of dimes. If I see people standing outside the vent is outside, outside the fence during the set, I'm going to walk over there, give them dimes. <laughs> throw them at that guy with the with the weird beard and the long hair and probably the polyester or silk shirt am i right does it he, he wears those at summer concave too right probably uh yeah i think so okay all right give it to that man <laughs> give it to ford windstar <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're gonna be doing a bunch of stupid stuff we actually had the idea earlier that we're doing five-year mission live band karaoke where if you pick one of pick a five year mission song. We'll fake our way through it, and you it, can sing along. Basically, Andy and I will be playing the songs, and Noah's going to pretend that he's playing along because we all know that he doesn't know how to play any Noah, of our songs. Noah, Noah will sing backups. Yeah, he'll fake his way through and 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 sing along with you. That's neither here nor there. We don't have an actual regular show until September 11th at the Melody Inn, our 11th anniversary. Yeah, would have been our 10th anniversary. <sighs> Stupid COVID. Yep. But yeah, we'll be back there. Boldly Ghost coming in from uh, Virginia. Punk rock Star Trek. There you go. Get their album on Coffin Curse Records. I still have yet to receive my vinyl Coffin Curse Records. <clears throat> Good Lord, I pre-ordered it so long ago. But COVID was keeping things a little slow at the record pressing plant, so... It should supposed to be on its way here pretty soon. Anyway, and then also joining us is the Yavin 4. Star Wars band from here in Indianapolis. They got a couple albums out right now. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all that good stuff. <laughs> okay, wrap it up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> We're at 90 minutes, man. Holy crap, I got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> also, remember to like and subscribe to us on all your podcast forums. You know, Spotify, Amazon, everything you could think of. Leave us a like, leave us a review, give us a follow. Anything helps. Please and thank you. Live long and prosper.